Welcome to the Over What Hill 40 Plus Podcast, where we talk about everything that you can do to stay healthy, feel great, and live life to your fullest over 40. Recording is live now, almost now. Three, two, one. It's still not doing it. Come on, hit the record. Let's go. Did you get a pop up at all? Yeah. That said, okay, cool. Um, still circling. Let's go record. I love this. Oh, there we go. All right. All right, guys. We are on with Marty Kendall from Nutrient Optimizer, all the way on the other side of the world. It is. Is it tomorrow yet? From for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely from the future. It's uh, <laughs> uh, We've talked before, Marty. We talked yeah. probably a year and a half ago. Oh wow, that long. Something like that. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, when I was just kind of first getting into this, trying to learn about this and understand this, you were one of the people that, you know, I kind of stumbled across and was really blown away with the information you had. And that was, I guess, in earlier stages of what you were doing back then. Now you've got a bunch of different stuff that you're working on. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what you do. First of all, like I said, you know, you're with Nutrient Optimizer. What is Nutrient Optimizer and why is it important? That's the question. Why is it important? Yeah. Why is it important? I've um, sold all my spare time for the last five years to it, so it better be important. Um, yeah, by day, engineer, type one wife, um, wanted to understand nutrition, looked at insulin, carbs, um, but then realized that it needed to be deeper beyond just macros to look at satiety and nutrient density. So mm -hmm. um, I suppose after researching and researching and analyzing um, Macros are really important for, you know, growing a, a strong, healthy, fit body and being satiated, um, being satisfied with the food you eat without massive amounts of hunger. Right. But at the same time, the nutrition, the nutrient value, the, the micronutrients, the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, essential fatty acids are all important as well because basically our bodies crave enough food, it, we crave enough nutrition and we, we basically stop eating um, our hunger subsides when we give our bodies enough of what it actually needs. So that seems to be, um, for me, the centrality of, of nutrition and uh, just tried to develop systems and um, share my thoughts out on, on the wow. blog and uh, to, to develop that, to, to, to scale it and make it accessible for more people. So, right. Yeah, we're getting there. So let's take that idea because that's something I, I think uh, – from when I first heard it, it kind of was like, wait, what are you talking about? The idea that your body will eat until it gets what it needs. Right. So satiety isn't like, I, I think when I first heard this, I was like, wait a second, you're telling me that if I'm eating enough nutrients, my body's going to mm. detect the nutrients and then say, you're fine. You're good. You don't need to eat anymore. Mm. And the idea of that just kind of, like, yeah, like, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> like, wait a second. I always thought it was the amount of food I had or the calories or, or what, like, it's, can you go into that a little bit? Because I think that's something I don't think a lot of people have heard that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at Instagram, everybody bangs on about, you know, it's, it's about the insulin and about carb avoidance or, you know, you've got the bodybuilding bros and the evidence-based nutrition going, you just need a, a you know, not to overdo the calories and you just need to use my fitness pal on your phone you just track that mm-hmm. and if you can stay under that then, then you lose weight magic and energy balance is definitely <laughs> a thing um, it, 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 it's reality energy is conserved um you can't create or destroy um equals mc squared etc etc but um we just eat you know the reason why we eat is not because my fitness pal told us that we need to eat more or less we just eat until we're had enough our body goes we're cool i can't eat another thing i don't need to eat another thing i'm not thinking about food and we get on with the rest of our day and uh, we move on from food we're not always consumed with food so we can dial in what we eat to help um basically our lizard brain our, our um basal ganglia reptilian brain whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it um we, we, we think with our, our conscious mind and it, we think that's who we are but really so much of why we do what we do um sleep sex whatever we do more coffee it's about getting a dopamine hit it's about being driven by your subconscious to survive and and you know although you don't think in terms of you know what do we need to survive what gives me a bit bigger dopamine hit um you need enough of what your body needs to be satisfied but if you create what we've done in our modern food environment is created these foods to give you a, a massive outsized um super physiological dopamine hit so the carbs and fat together with the low protein all these um sugars flavors colors think donut cookie mm-hmm. cheesecake there's these magic combinations of fat and carbs that just don't occur in nature maybe nuts maybe Breast milk is, is the closest we get to in nature, but um, now we're always in this autumnal phase where, you know, we've got this food system that tells us, that tells our body that we need to eat more because we're preparing for winter. I mean, if you look at the, um, you know, yearly cycle, you had, um, you know, winter where you've got... Um, protein and fatty animals to eat and then you come out of winter you've got spring where you've got lean animals that have come out of um being in hibernation and fibrous shoots and you go into summer and you've got more carbs and you go into autumn you've got these you know more unique carb and fat foods together that signal to you that you need to eat more to prepare for winter and it goes round and round again but our food system is just this amazing combination of fat and carbs, um, vegetable right. oils, sugars, but we're able to, um, you know, they sell really well. So people love to sell them to us and they're really cheap. And here Right. And that's when, when we talk about your body will turn itself off when it gets the nutrients it needs. You can eat a whole bag of chips and still feel hungry, right? Because yeah. there's no nutrients. There's no nutrients. Right. But, Right. You can't just eat one. Right. But if you eat, you know, eight ounces of a steak or 10 ounces of a steak, you're good. You know, you're probably most people yeah. eat eight ounces of a steak and be like, I'm good. I don't need anything more because there's so much to that. It's so dense and the nutrient density is so high. Yeah. Um, and just think about those restaurants where they say, look at the steak, how much can you eat? And nobody can get through the whole thing. But, you know, right. you can. Right. 
if they put the same amount of pizza, <laughs> right, the same yeah. amount of pizza there, that thing would be gone, right? But you no, know, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so w- when you think about it from not just a a calorie perspective, but what is the density of the nutrients? What is what are you eating? And is it mm-hmm. actually doing something good for your body? It kind of changes the paradigm a little bit because now you're mm-hmm. talking about health. You know, I think yeah. we talk, we've talked about this before, like whether you're low carb, high fat, low fat, high carb, moderate protein, high protein, whatever, it really doesn't matter because you need the nutrients to make your body work. So if yeah. you focus on the nutrients first, right, then all the other things kind of seem to just fall into place and you end up having this, what I like to call, what I like to call this, this optimal circle, right? There's this target that's in the middle that most people are all over around the center of that because they're focusing on calories and macros and weight loss and all these other things. And if you just focus on nutrient density, that's going to bring your focus into the middle and then you're going to start coming into. And if everybody did that, amazingly, regardless of what you believe is the right way to eat, if you focus on nutrient density, you're all, we're all going to come to that circle. It just it somehow it just amazes me. We would all kind of meet in the middle somewhere if we would focus on actual health. Yeah, and all, all those macros and calories, they all sort of fall into place, but in a different way, in a unique way, like where you live is different from where I live and where, you know, Eskimos and Africans, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're all different foods available at different times and they're, you know, the foods that provide nutrients in that context are different and maybe it's better to have local nutrients that are more suited to your seasons and climate and context and activity mm-hmm. levels. But, you know, you can, if you focus on getting foods with nutrients, then, you know, it, it'll, it'll all fall into place. Like you said, you need enough nutrients and enough energy at the same time. But if you've got a whole yeah. lot of stored energy, you need to dial that back so you've got, um, enough nutrients without too many calories, basically. So, and if you need, if you're active, you need a few more, a few more, a, few more, a bit more energy from carbs and fat. And um, yeah, so protein is definitely the the most satiating nutrient. Um, all the amino acids are, are essential micronutrients, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we've found that you know each of the vitamins, each of the minerals. Um, essential fatty acids have a beneficial effect on satiety in their own unique way but you don't just go well, i'm gonna have omega-3 tablets or you know, i'm gonna take a mineral supplement it's it's when they come together um you know high concentration with real food in the way that nature makes them right right like they would in nature right like like they would in nature not in a in a central tablet um yeah uh so if we talk about nutrient density, when we're talking, we're talking about picking foods that have the most, let's say, the largest profile of micronutrients mm. in them. Um, what are some of the foods? Because I know some people are wondering that they may be listening to this. What are some of the foods that have the largest overall nutrient profiles? You know, because we, you know, yeah. growing up is like eat your, eat the rainbow. You're going to get everything you need if you eat the rainbow. And for me, I'm learning about other things like eggs and beef and organ meat that have more stuff than I ever would have realized. Like, where does that fall in? And if someone's in your program, because your program is all about teaching people how to pick Hmm. and find the most Hmm. nutrient-dense foods, where Hmm. do people end up when they start doing that? 
Yeah, um, I suppose the, the, the first part of the question is what do they end up excluding? And the things that have low satiety and low nutrient density are yeah. um, refined oils and refined sugars and refined grains. So you know, I think everything in the, in the boxes with the barcodes and the ingredient list in the central aisles of your supermarket are basically some combination of um, vegetable oils, refined grains, sugars, flavours, colours to make it look like they're nutrient-dense, but they're not. So those are the foods that will give you low satiety, low nutrient density, and you'll just keep buying them, which is exactly why they're in little That's tiny packages in the middle of the supermarket or the, at, at the checkout when you go, oh, yeah, I do feel like a chocolate bar. I've been shopping for an hour. So um, they're the foods that, you want to avoid and then the ones that you start to incorporate the way you know you can say i'm not going to eat the snickers bar and try really hard but when you get really hungry if you haven't given your body what it needs you'll you know you'll find the you find something in the cupboard if you've bought it that satisfies that craving the best way to right. manage that craving is to front load your day with those nutrient dense foods which are the the, the meat the veggies, the seafood, and that's pretty much it, a, a variety of those foods. And, and mm -hmm. what we do in the masterclass, we get people to, to track and sort of nerd out a little bit and say, what are you currently eating and which nutrients are you finding harder to find and therefore which foods contain those nutrients. So everybody has a right. somewhat unique dietary prescription based on what they're currently eating and what they need to chase so mm -hmm. there's not a one-size-fits-all because everybody has a different diet at the moment and they have a different context and different food availability based on where right. they are but you're actually going through the process of focusing on nutrients focusing on what your body needs to be healthy and teaching people how to figure that out for themselves wherever they are mm. and you're mm. bringing everybody that circle you're bringing everybody into that optimal circle without talking about you need to be low carb you need to be vegan you need to be carnivore you need to be ifym like it has nothing to do with any of that yeah if they if they were to look at themselves like if you you know if you have someone that goes through your master class and then you know they finish it they you know they spend a couple months doing it and then they were to look at themselves and profile what they ate one person may look and say, oh, you know what? I'm basically vegetarian. Another person may look at it and go, oh, I'm basically carnivore. Another person may look at it and go, oh, I'm basically mm -hmm. keto. Right? It just, because that none of that matters. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's yeah. what fits your lifestyle uh, and what can you do to get the, best, the most out of what you're eating. Yeah, within your preferred eating pattern, what do you need to eat more of and what do you need to eat less of? And once you focus on the ones you need, you need to eat more of, we talk about a optimal 30 30 foods and meals and sort of once you say these are the 30 30 foods that i like and i'm going to add this this and this then three of them have to fall off the bottom of the list so you sort of refine mm -hmm. that personalized list for you and once you work out exactly what you enjoy eating that aligns with your goals gives you the nutrients you need then you're set for life you can just cruise from there and maybe right. you occasionally have a accidental donut at work and um you gain a bit and go okay i need to go back to those foods more and less donuts so yeah yeah, yeah. so i know when i look at it because because that's kind of how i look at things now when i first got started in the whole carnivore thing it was oh my god meat is amazing nobody needs to eat carbs 
blah, blah, blah. And I've kind of softened that stance a little bit. I think my message now is more like, I still believe absolutely 100%. You don't need carbs. They're not essential. You don't have to eat them. But I know from a lifestyle perspective, a lot of people want that. A lot of people want veggies. They want that that other, they want the colors and whatever it may be. And that's totally cool. So my focus has been, and I think I've gotten a lot of this from you, um, is I now, whenever I work with somebody, I focus on the triumvirate of nutrition, right? I focus on nutrient mm-hmm. density, satiety, and bioavailability. Those are the three mm-hmm. things I talk about and say, look, you, you can pick whatever you want. If you want to eat a potato, that's great. Is, does it have the nutrients? Does it, is it giving you what you need to, hit, to help you hit your goals? Mm-hmm. Right? If you want to have this steak, that's awesome. Is it giving you what you need? If you eat that bag of chips, is it going to give you what you need? Is it going to, is it, is it going to keep you satiated so you don't eat two bags of chips? Is it going to give you any nutrients that are actually going to help you? Like give people mm-hmm. those kind of parameters to look at mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, I just want to be low carb or I just want to be, you know, high fat or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that most of the people that I work with, when we do that, they end up more keto ish. They mm-hmm. end up much more low carb. Um, I personally am more moderate fat. Most of the time when I talk to people, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a proponent of you need all this fat, especially if you have body fat to lose. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think a lot of people kind of end up in that space. Um, and I just think it's interesting when you talk about, you know, nutrient density and then satiety, people understanding that, you know, if you're not, if your body is asking for more, there's a reason for that. Mm. And you can look at that and kind of evaluate why is it asking for more? Am I not getting enough? to track the food every morsel every gram and fight against hunger and actually not very long yeah and you know so you you're all about tracking when people leave the master class or when people meet because you're an engineer right you're you're all about data and everything you've done is all about data but when people leave your master class how many of them do you know do they continue tracking do some of them just kind of go more intuitive well uh, like Alex, my, my um, programming partner in, in Dallas, is a computer programmer and a, and a nerd and an ex-athlete, and I'm an engineer and I love spreadsheets and graphs, and I've mm-hmm. been a wannabe biohacker in the past, and my wife is top one diabetic, so I watch her blood sugars all the time, and I enjoy the data, but I understand that um, you really get to a point, like, you don't want to do that forever, like, how much time do you want to spend each day tracking your food and you know measuring had an aura ring for a while how long do you want to i think it made me more anxious than it helped me and screwed up my sleep more and, yeah, and i was yeah. tracking tracking my ketones and went this is telling me crap all chuck that and i got pretty antsy about that and wrote a book but um yeah i, I don't think most people want to track forever and, and we when we started Nutrient Optimizer, it relied very much on tracking. And we quickly realized that that narrowed our market very, very, to a very uh, limited number of nerdy people. Um, but through the masterclass, we, we get you to track. It's sort of a necessary evil for accelerated learning. Reflect on what you're eating. And uh, then once you've dialed in those 30 foods and 30 meals that you enjoy, um, then you can get on with it and then just continue to enjoy those and maybe you want to fine-tune things that we've got 
400 recipes in Nutrient Optimizer that will then tell you, hey, try this new meal and you can check that out. And, and um, yeah, so tracking isn't, you don't want to be tracking every morsel forever because you've done something wrong if you need to manage your satiety with an external um, app. And if when you outsource your satiety, everything turns to crap, basically. Right. So if you, right. if you lose track of your natural hunger signals, then... Um, Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta stay in touch with what's actually happening and, and where you're at with stuff. You gotta be yeah. feel, yeah, hey, I'm full. Okay, I need to stop, regardless regardless what the numbers are. Right, yeah. if I'm full, that's my body telling me I'm good. You know, that's, yeah. that's it. Um, yeah. I mean, and then you try- where you sort of go, okay, my 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 quantitation quant, uh, quantification of this is you know, how do I feel? Do I feel hungry? Do I feel weak? Do I feel dizzy? You know, they're the things you need to listen to. Is if you're really hungry, um, and obey those signals, but but learn to manage them and have a conversation with your lizard brain um, that you can then have a happy relationship with your your, your subconscious, the, right. the part of you that's trying to keep you alive. There's- there's the name of your next book. How to speak? How to speak lizard? <laughs> <laughs> how to become friends with your inner lizard? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, I can see it now. Um, uh, all right, so we talked about uh, satiety. We've talked about nutrient density. Let's let's go ahead and segue into the third. Right, we talked about three things. Let's talk about bioavailability. Oh, with nice. what you do, okay, so the way that your program works and what you've got, just so everybody knows, is you basically have an, a web app where if someone is tracking their stuff in chronometer, it's got to be chronometer, guys. You can't use any other app. If you're tracking your stuff in chronometer, you can export the data out of chronometer, import it into your app, and it will give you a profile of the nutrients that you're getting over, let's say, yeah. the week. Yeah. And then you can look at, hey, you know, I've been getting enough of this, I'm over, and you're basing it all off of RDIs. Um, which we, as we know, are amorphous at best we, we, on their accuracy. We find the stretch target, the optimal nutrient intake, but we can talk about that separately if you want. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that's a great way for someone to kind of evaluate what they're actually eating and say, hey, I'm low on this, I'm, I'm high on that, I'm, I'm good. And then they can take that and then go to the other party website and go, okay, what foods have these things in them and that I need to start adding in? And they can kind of fill in the gaps with whatever micronutrients at the beginning. Um, the question that I have is looking at your profile is one thing. Yep. That's the food you're eating. How do you know how much your body is actually getting? Uh, you, uh, it's complex and you don't is, is the short answer. But okay. if, you, if you've got an omnivorous diet, um, then you generally get enough in the right bioavailability. So, you know, if you're eating only muscle meat, then you're going to be lacking some nutrients that are highly, you're going to get, you'll be getting lower levels of some nutrients that are highly bioavailable. But if you've only got 2% of what you need in that food you chose, then, you know, 2% is still 2%, even if it's 100% bioavailable. Um, I suppose that the benefit of nutrient optimization is that you eliminate all the um, nutrient, low nutrient density, low satiety foods that also tend to be the most inflammatory and cause the most 
issues with nutrient absorption. So your grains, your um, your, your lectins and all the, you know, the glutens that tend to mess up people's guts. So I suppose with the masterclass, we say, does this food make me feel good? Does it give me digestive issues? Does you know, yeah. are my bowel movements okay? And if you know you're eating. 300 grams of spinach to get to the top of the leaderboard but you're in the toilet for two hours because it just didn't <laughs> sit well with you then you know chill out dude like uh, the same can happen if you supplement with a whole lot of sodium or magnesium or whatever it just it'll your gut will go nah, too much dude but yeah. um interestingly the, the the ones that are challenges for bioavailability on a vegan diet like vitamin a and um, omega-3 um, b12 to some extent uh, you're going to get heaps of those nutrients particularly vitamin a and b12 if you're eating some meat or seafood so if you if you're getting some of that you're doing really well um, bioavailability of protein is probably my biggest issue on a on a plant-based only diet because not only is it harder to get per calorie, the amount of protein you're getting per calorie is lower, but also the um, the, 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 the protein digestibility score is much lower for that. So you have to factor that down again. So to get as much bioavailable protein from a plant-only diet, you really, really have to work. And maybe you're taking um, soy powder or something, pea prep, pea powder and then you've got a bunch of issues with that that not everybody thrives with so right. um generally an omnivorous diet and even our meat-based book has some green stuff in it to balance out the micronutrients because you know um liver's got heaps of vitamin a b12 and a few other amino acids but it doesn't have as much you know maybe omega-3 and potassium and mm. magnesium and um, you can get vitamin C from your organ meats, but they're not right. as high in muscle meats. But yeah, and and to some degree, you've got to chill out and say it's complex. Food is complex. We can try to quantify it, but we can't quantify it to the nth degree. But if you're just focusing on the nutrients that you're not getting as much of, um, like the ones at the top of your nutrient fingerprint that you're not getting in as high quantities and what foods do I enjoy that provide more of those, then you'll be okay. So you, you can't go, well, do I need, you know, 50 grams or 500 grams of vitamin C and debate that to the cows come home because that's just a, a useless discussion if there's 20 other nutrients in your diet that you're just not getting enough of. You need to go, what are the, what are the five to ten that I need to get more of? And if I'm really lacking in those, are they bioavailable? Then that's when you really need to ask that question. Right. And then you're also looking at, sorry, I'm writing a note down real quick. Um, uh, um, is, you know, when you're looking at your micronutrient profile, you know, you do, you go through your app, you put all the stuff in there and it says, you know, these are the top five micronutrients that you're low on. Right. Mm. As, a, as an individual, you know, you have to look at, well, am I low on them on the numbers? Am I exhibiting signs that indicate I'm low on them, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been really tired lately. I can't get to sleep when I go to bed. Oh, this thing says my magnesium's low. Okay, that's probably something you need to fix, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm low on vitamin C, according to this, but I have not had any symptoms that would indicate I'm not showing any there's nothing that I can tell based on 
what I know about vitamin C or what I've researched that says you're you showing can, signs of vitamin C deficiency. You can chill out about vitamin C. Who cares, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I suppose on the symptom thing, we've, we've got part of the app where you do an entry survey. If you don't want to track anything or you're just starting out, you can say, you know, what type of diet do I generally eat? What are my symptoms? And then you can, we can identify based on just that. Mm-hmm. what nutrients you likely need to emphasize and therefore what meals and foods you likely need to prioritize off the bat and then if you want to fine tune it you can then start tracking but you don't need to track if you know you've you know low testosterone poor sleep um you know depression anxiety right. those sorts of things we can we even looked at um the nutrients that are related to to cancer in terms of even the amino acids that are beneficial and non-beneficial for for cancer and you know it's not just protein or animal protein it's much more mm-hmm. nuanced so that was a fascinating rabbit hole to design yeah, recipe okay. books for, for different segments of cancer whether you need to lose weight or gain weight after treatment or just maintain yeah. as a cancer survivor so anyway what what is um and this is just because my a lot of my target is the over 40 crowd right i'm almost mm. 50 i'm 48 years old um, and I'm all about trying to get us old people to be healthy. Um, we're not, we're not old guys. We're not old guys. <laughs> um, you got no hair, but you look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some common micronutrients that you see from your data that people over 40 are often lacking? Wow. Um, Any ideas? I mean, I know that's kind of off the yeah, cuff, so yeah, I, yeah. I didn't prepare you for that one ahead of time but no, no, no. Just, just amino acids generally um really is, is is the number one everybody when they start tracking they go am i really that low in protein am i not getting enough amino acids and once they start yeah. to dial up the protein percentage and they go oh i was keto and i didn't realize how much fat i was eating it's just a we hear <laughs> that every master class people go oh my really? gosh I, I tracked my keto diet and no way! I, I didn't know I was eating that much fat. Right. No wonder much. I could. No wonder I could lose any body fat because I mean, you know, yeah. two thousand pounds of fat every day. I got my protein percentage from fifteen to twenty-five, and you know, satiated and feeling energetic. And and once you get the protein percentage up, um, that comes with a lot of other nutrients. But then, um, potassium, magnesium, calcium is one everybody struggles to find without supplementation and um, because uh, it's in dairy, but the nutrient density of dairy is, tends to be lower because mm-hmm. it just comes with a lot of fat energy. So if you're trying to really dial in nutrient density and lose weight, um, you tend to limit dairy. Um, so you end up eating some Swiss chard, I think, um, and, and, and uh, what's the other one? Rhubarb. Rhubarb has a whole lot of calcium in oh, it but interesting. wacky things people find in a master class right know, right people are sunning their mushrooms to get more vitamin d and all these things <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome um wow i don't even know where to go from there so okay, who, who are you weird people and who created this group <laughs> <laughs> um all right so i have two big things i think that we can talk about one is and you tell me which one you want to talk about first. You wrote a book. Mm. Uh, what was it called? Big Fat Keto Lies or something like that? 
Um, and then there's also a study that just came out a couple of days ago that you wrote a really, uh, did you write that or was that Alex that wrote that? Um, the, re the, 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 the review of the, the, Kevin, the Kevin Hall study. Yeah, I'm actually, there, there was one that came out in May last year that's quite similar and I'm in the press just this morning before you called um, writing another review of his latest one which is basically the same thing again of you know yeah. extreme fat versus extreme carb diet um putting protein in there but whatever yeah yeah that, that, that's <laughs> you nailed it right there um yeah no, talk about the book okay let's talk about the book so the book big fat keto lies you've got how many chapters how many myths are, are you busting in this yeah book? um we, we put out a survey um on and we came up with 12 keto lies and like to be honest, like I, I think low carb is good, um, but that tends to, the benefits tend to be because low carb tends to get more protein, not because you're getting more fat or any mythical thing about reducing insulin. Um, so I went through a lot of you know dead ends on my keto journey, trying to understand, mm -hmm. and that's why. Um, I've done a lot of analysis to say what does the data I can get available actually say about um these beliefs that people have in in keto land and they're all very zealous in their little community that believes that belief versus that community which believes that belief and they'll sort of form around right. these things and there's no undoing that belief but um you, you know that off of that i've been been blogging on this for five years and um alex said i should put together a book um compiling them all and it's had a really good reception and some really interesting people actually taking notice and going i think you might be right and a lot of people have been <laughs> saying this. a lot of my friends have been banging on about this and having these social media arguments forever and it's just like let's let's compile it all into one thesis and yeah people can from end to end and understand um you know how you know keto through the lens of nutritional optimization is what i've tried to do yeah no i love it i'm looking at your your thing here let's see we got topics hold on i'm going to go still read some of these these uh categories we got keto line number one optimal mm. ketosis is a goal more ketones are better yeah. what that's a lie you have to be in ketosis to burn fat um keto line number three you should eat more fat to burn more body fat that's a lie these are lies wait I'm, i thought you were, these are statements these aren't statements protein should be avoided due to gluconeogenesis so you know i'm all i'm all into that one. you know i'm all into that one you're not going to tell me anything there that i don't agree with that is a free food because it doesn't elicit an insulin response. I gotta be honest, I've never heard that. Ah, I've never it, actually heard that. Everybody's, you know, avoiding you know, the carb insulin hypothesis and even Gary Taub's new book basically says that if you eat things that raise your insulin, um, your body basically traps that food, traps the energy more. But, you know, as I, and some people are prone to fatten more easily is what he says mm -hmm. um, and there's a there's a big you know carb insulin hypothesis basically you eat 
carbs, it'll raise insulin um, and therefore you'll get fatter. But if if I run around with my wife's insulin pen jamming you with insulin, let's say, mm-hmm. if I inject insulin into you, your blood sugar would drop, you'd get hungry, your ghrelin would rise and you'd go find a donut really quickly so you didn't feel like crap. Right. And you would get fat if I kept doing that to you. But pretty soon the police would come and lock me up and <laughs> you with 30 units of extra right. insulin a but that's because that's because of what you're eating is is just managing the insulin. It's not doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. You've got to differentiate endogenous insulin versus exogenous insulin, and, and you know whether you go for you know evolution or, or whatever version of biology you believe in. You, your body doesn't secrete more insulin you need to hold back the the stored energy in your body while you're jamming in more pizza and donuts into your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's those um, fat plus carb combo foods, those autumnal foods that we talked about before, that when I look at my wife's blood sugar CGM that I watch live most of the time when I'm awake just because it's fascinating, um, it just rises. She goes, went out for lunch with some friends and you can't order good food when you go out and the blood sugar is just rising and rising and rising for hours and, and the pump is just jamming all this insulin to bring it back down. It's it's the food choices that drive the insulin requirement. It's not, you know, because a little spike of insulin. Right. Because when you look at, pro- right. When you look at protein, protein has an insulin response as well, just like carbs. Mm. Right. Mm. Like it doesn't, you can eat protein and you're not going to get fat just because the insulin is, is raised. And fat right. will over the fullness of time as well. But if you look at her insulin pump, 80% of her insulin requirements per day are just to hold her body, um, her, her fat stores, her muscle stores on her body and not let it disintegrate into a bloodstream. And if you want to lower that, you need to have less stored energy. So the way to have less stored energy to reduce your insulin is to eat in a way that's more satiating, which is higher protein percentage, high nutrient density. So it all comes back to satiety, um, right. blah, blah, blah. I'm a broken record. It's crazy how everything comes back. Everything we talk about, if anybody listening, everything we talk about is always going to come back to nutrient density, bioavailability, and satiety. Every single time. It will always come back to that. Um, all right. This is amazing, guys. If anybody's watching, listening to this, watching this, make sure to go check out the book, Big Fat Keto Lies. Um, you can get it, just download it off your website. Like, what's how do people get it? Yeah, yeah. Bigfatketolives.com is the website. You can oh, really? Okay. Bigfatketolives.com. I'll make sure to put that in the, the notes so that people can click on that and get it. I'm um, just looking real quick to see if there's any other chapters uh, that, that uh, we want to talk about. Double diabetes. Calories don't count. Oh, my God. That must have been fun to write. <laughs> I... Like, but you can't manage calories like we talked about before. If you just stick under a calorie target, everybody fails until they start to look at macros and then ideally micros and then you've, you've nailed the satiety and then calories still count, but they're irrelevant because you're satiated. Right. This is one, your last one in the book is one that really gets me because it, as much as I believe there is an optimal for everybody that everybody's working towards. I think everybody's on a journey towards optimal and we're all focusing on 
nutrient density, satiety, and bioavailability will all eventually meet in, the, in this, this little circle in the middle. But I think we're all on a journey. We're not all, mm. we're all in different places. We're coming, everyone's coming from mm. all kinds of different places. So the idea of if in doubt, keep calm and keto on mm. really bothers me at times because there's a balance between what is optimal and what is realistic and fits an individual's lifestyle. Mm. and their goal, mm. and their experience, and their background, and their current health, and all types of other things. So I, yeah, it, I totally, I totally get that. I like how you've got oxidative priority as the very first thing in there. I think uh -huh. oxidative priority could probably go in every chapter that you've got yeah, in this yeah. book. <laughs> it's so fundamental to understanding how our body uses fuel, and uh, you know, you, you, you've got to burn off the alcohol, the ketones, um, the glucose, Yep. But if you're also feeling, you know, low carb will drain those ones. But if you're still jamming a whole lot of energy into your your fat fuel tank with your diet, um, your glucose may be rock solid, your your blood, your insulin may be really stable. But yeah. if you're just overfilling that fat fuel tank, then your body fat's not going to burn. So you just have to, you know, take them off one by one, and uh, yeah, it comes back to a high satiety nutrient dense bioavailable diet added by bioavailable for you there right and that's where the whole one-to-one -one rate right the pe ratio comes in and you look at fuel versus protein and i i love how how dr Naiman's taken that and mm. and made it something that i think people can understand because mm. i've been saying it for a while and it's just hard for number one i'm not a doctor so people nobody believes anything that i say <laughs> Um, number two, the, the, just his ability to graphically put things out there that people go look at a picture and go, Oh, that makes sense. Like, like I would I could do that. Like I'm telling people all this stuff and they're like, what are you talking about? Um, and you put it in words and people are ready to argue, but when they see it graphically, they understand it before they start arguing with it and they go, yeah. Oh, oh like, I can't argue about that. Like that's, yeah. Your point on optimal and, and moving towards optimal. I mean, uh, the, the, the thing with you know, if if in doubt, keep calm and keto on. I think just to keep on chasing ketones and adding more fat is probably a bit, a bit misguided. But then there's optimal, and some people do reach a hundred percent score on a masterclass, and that's incredible. And we, we designed it so you couldn't do that, but they did it. But <laughs> you, you, you don't need to be there all the time, and most people can't live there all the time just because it's so satiating and uh they'll lose weight so quickly so you just need to you know where am i at now what's my current protein intake what's my current nutrient intake move forward a little bit next week and move forward a little bit and if you're not making progress move forward a little bit more but if you're actually making progress and feel and look and everything the way you want to and got that balance between um you know how much effort are you willing to pull in put into your nutrition versus you want to get on your life and you know are you a bodybuilder are you a fitness model if not then just find a, a sustainable point that you enjoy right and it's about quality of life and just you know what's going to fit with what's going to make you happiest what's going to make it so you're not stressed over every bite that you put in your mouth and you can think about your family and life and work and other things you're doing and not thinking about food every minute of the day mm -hmm. you're if that, that's a that's out of balance you don't want to look like that we just want to say chill out just you know manage one thing at a time and yeah go outside and have fun Stop right exactly and and then understand that it's a moving target what may work for you you know for now based on where you are and what your goals are 
a year from now, it's very likely that you should, that you, it's probably a good idea to reevaluate what you're doing. Am I in the same place? Am I healthier? Have I made progress in this area? Have I fallen back in this area? How do I need to adjust what I need? If you I have to always evaluate and look at how you're doing stuff because nothing's ever going to work the same. And if you want to move forward, like I said, if you want to move to the center of the circle, you can't just do the same thing that got you to where you are now. You got to keep changing. And, and like you, like we talked about off, you know, off the recording when it comes to fitness, right? We want progressive overload in our fitness. The same thing with our nutrition and our lifestyle and everything else. Like we want to always be trying to get better. Mm. But so, tiny habits, tiny changes. Absolutely. You know, sustainable manner. Absolutely. Sustain sustainability is absolutely key. And that's where, you know, satiety and all that other stuff comes into play. You don't want to, you, you want to be full. You want to go through this process and not be hangry, not be starving, not be lacking energy. Uh, you know, you want to find a way to, to live your life. Mm. Uh, all right. So that's the book. Big Fat Keto Lies. I love it. Um, I need, do you have it? So I can just share the link out. Yeah, sure. And that's sure. fine. That's it. Share the link out. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about this, the, these, this study that came out that basically, I think on the surface, when I first read it, I was like, what? Wait a second. Um, then I kind of read some the little conclusion, read some of the abstract, looked at it again. It's like, okay, there's more information here that I'm just going to take me some time to get through because the way that they presented everything, you know how that works. They presented a certain way and you kind of have to filter through it a little bit to get more information. Um, and I've seen a bunch of people in the space kind of rebut it or come out with or more information explaining it. We're going to explain this. But I think the stuff you guys posted was, and as, as it usually is, you guys are very thoughtful and you try to include as many perspectives and points of view as possible. Um, and I love, I love that about everything that you guys write, that you write. So I really liked your take on the study and I agree 100% that, um, there's some pieces missing and I would love to see, I would absolutely love to see the same study, but with, with more protein. Mm. I would love to see more protein. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that, that balance that throws everything. Every, and honestly, I think if they add more protein in that study, they, it just throws the whole, it just messes the whole thing up. But, yeah, that's fascinating. But I'm glad to see people looking at satiety. It was uh, actually yeah. thinking in terms of, I think that's the fundamental question. We eat until we want to stop eating. And what is it that helps us to control our appetite? That's, that's mm -hmm. number one. What they did, they said, you know, let's look at a 75% carb versus a 75% fat diet with 15% um, you know, protein on each. And uh, the high carb diet, people couldn't. Um, overeat it and they ate 689 calories less on the high carb diet but if you look at we analyzed half a million days of my fitness pal data a while ago and the amount of people actually living at less than was 2.7 percent of people are less than 10 percent carbs and like 0.9 percent of people are greater than 70 percent carbs so the maintainability, the sustainability, the reality of these extreme approaches is is negligible. And what's right. the use of arguing? What we really know is that anything in the centre of carbs, fat, together with low protein, donut, cookie, chocolate, pizza, Doritos, is you, you're going to eat a hell of a lot more of it if you go right. to either 
extreme, um, you'll eat a lot less. Um, you can't overeat potato, rice, you know, without adding fat. If I gave you infinite potatoes for two months, you um, you may be lacking a few nutrients, but you'd be skinny at the end of it because you just can't eat too much of that. Right. Who wants potatoes without butter? Like, come on, it's just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheesecake at that point, it's it's a, it's it's the same as a cheesecake is when you add the butter. So yeah, it's um not baked potato with oil. It's plain potato with nothing else. Right. So right, starches are better than fruits because you know the the fruit with the fructose turns into fat in your liver. So you sort of get mm -hmm. the same effect where you get the fat and carbs together because your liver turned it into fat. So um, but yeah, the the, the again, it's you know, let's look at nutrient density and the thing. It's not. The thing about the keto diet, the low carb diet that helps people is that when they go low carb, they tend to eat more protein, not adding more fat or getting the ketones high. These guys that um, in the study, they had ketones of two, which is definitely optimal ketone zone, but they're not losing as much weight or they're still eating a lot more because of the energy density. Um, but if you dial up the protein, which is what happens when you really go low carb, um, you end up eating more, but if you just, you know, who, I don't care if you're a vegan or a carnivore or ideally somewhere in between the extremes, if you're focusing on the foods that provide the nutrients, you'll be excluding those refined flours, oils, mm -hmm. sugars, that are low satiety and be getting plenty of protein um, at the same time, regardless of your dietary religion, either, either extreme. Right. So, so we didn't really learn much from this study is what you're saying. It's pretty much uh, what we expected. We we learned that Kevin Hall still has a grudge against Gary Taubes and keeps on <laughs> using the NIH funding with amazingly designed studies to shut him up. But um, which is very inconvenient because Gary just came out with a new book, The Case for Keto. Right. Um, other than being a master play at a Twitter argument, it didn't help us actually move forward. You know, how do I yeah. improve my nutrition tomorrow? What do I do? To make mm -hmm. incremental changes, muddying the waters a little bit with yeah. kind of information that isn't really groundbreaking or super applicable you know, to real life. Yeah, it's right. It's like okay, yeah, because it's like let's, and this is just for people who saw this study and maybe go, oh my god, I thought keto was the way to go, and this is saying it's not. And like, it, there's way more to it. It's all about nuance, and there's a lot of other things that play that play into it. Um, and like you said, you know, you talk about the includes the exclusion of protein. You can't do a study on a complete nutrient profile with only two macronutrients out of three. So that in and of itself is kind of saying, hey, there's another piece here that we're not that we're not mm -hmm. looking at. So, you know, you got yeah. three kids playing on the playground. You only make two of them play with each other. You make the other one sit over. You can't say how did the group perform? Like, <laughs> The strongest kid and make him sit in the corner and you, you can't yeah, play right, this game. Right. It just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you can smash it out of the park. No, 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 no. We don't, don't want you to play. Yeah. So, um, but, but I suppose like what they tested was a therapeutic ketogenic diet um, with very low protein, very high mm -hmm. fat. It's not what most people think of keto. Like I'm not advocating for keto because it's such a nebulous term because um, as I mentioned yeah. in chapter one that you know, if you continue with a keto diet most people find the ketones are 0 0.3 0 0.4 and 
they're no longer ketogenic and like what am i doing wrong you just adapted to ketosis and your body said that's not a very efficient way of burning fuel i'm going to switch back to the krebs cycle and you're no longer ketotic but that's okay because you continue to burn your body fat through the krebs cycle so just chill out and don't Stop, stop checking your ketones and trying to be keto because it means nothing. So if you're on a protein very modified fast with 50% protein, you're going to be pouring out body fat and burning ketones at the same time. So do you want to be burning, you know, you, you, look, you look at the, the photos of the meals they had and the way they got the keto is all these dressings and oils and these little buckets on the side and you had to chow them down with your meal. Um, and that's how they got them to be ketogenic. But if you're burning a... You, do you want to be burning that seed, not burning your body fat, or do you want to be burning right. your body fat, or do you just want to maintain your weight and you just dial it up and down based on what you need? Right. Okay. Awesome, man. I'll, I I think we covered a lot, and we could probably go more, um, but we've been at least an, almost an hour, an hour or so, so I'm going to let it go. Um, we definitely need we need we definitely need to get on and talk again. I think uh, it's really cool to have have you out there in in the world talking about the thing i think it's it's really you guys have boiled it down to the, the root right it's about nutrition it's about nutrition we, we don't mm. call this like we don't we don't go to people don't go to school to learn keto they don't go to school to learn veganism they go to school to learn nutrition right so nutrition nutrients right yeah nutrition nutrients we're talking about how much nutrients can we get in our food every day to help us be healthy so that's where the focus should be so um you got anything you want to leave anybody off with where can people find you on the internet on the instagram and facebook and all that stuff yeah, um i just started posting more recipes and stuff on insta which has been interesting because i'm usually not very good at that but um yeah um marty kendall 76 on insta and you can just find me optimizing nutrition on facebook um or the interwebs Nutrient optimizer, people can do a bit of a survey and get some foods and meals that they might want to try without tracking them. And if they want to track, they can dial it up. Um, we've got a masterclass starting on the 6th, which is really cool. Um, I've got another thing called data-driven fasting, trying to just help people balance their fasting and feasting cycle and get enough nutrients rather than fasting for days at a time and then going, not losing weight because I just rebounded binge because I could think of eating was the peanut butter so um yeah well, that's okay. my experience anyway that's what i yeah say. yeah yeah i actually i have ice cream. Ice, cream is, ice cream is my thing i'm a i love ice cream so whenever i go off the rails it's usually with a couple pints of ice cream um yeah i don't go like i'm gonna have a couple scoops or spoons of ice cream i'm like give me pints i'll take pints at a time please hey it is what it is um hey, i appreciate your time man um keep in touch and uh we'll talk to you again soon chat soon thanks Brunson. see you man this has been another episode of the over what hill 40 plus podcast remember that life is the hill keep climbing keep growing every hill leads to another you will get better you can do this